The Leslie Marshall Show, a true democracy in talk radio. Of, for, and by you, the people. Democrats are down 30, 35 percent. They're down from what they were. We're up by 50 percent and even more than that. You're talking about millions of people. So I actually think it's the biggest story in politics today. And I hope that the Republicans will embrace it. We have, don't forget, we have Democrats coming over, very importantly. We have independents coming over. And they haven't done that ever, probably ever. And with all of these people coming over, we're going to have something very, very special if I win and if I get to go against Hillary, polls are showing that I beat her. And some of the polls have me beating her very easily because when you take advantage, we will take many, many people away from the Democrats and we'll take many, many people away that normally go Democrat as independents. And, that, and we're seeing that. We're seeing that. We had people come over here who have never voted Republican, who have never even thought about it, and they came and they voted Republican. And I'll tell you another group of people that I've seen and. I'll be signing autographs after a speech, and we'll be talking to people. And I've had many, many people say, and it was a beautiful thing to hear it, Mr. Trump, I'm 67 years old. Many people. I'm 67 years old. I've never, ever voted before. I've never come close to voting before. This is the first time I'll ever vote. And that's so amazing. It's so amazing. But I just want to take this opportunity to thank the people of Michigan who kind of repudiated the polls that had us 20, 25 points down a few days ago, who repudiated the pundits who said that Bernie Sanders was not going anywhere. And I want to thank the many thousands of volunteers that we had in the state of Michigan uh, for knocking on doors uh, and for making the phone calls that created this kind of enormously successful night uh, for us. Uh, in the last week, we have won three caucuses, uh, and uh, two of them with, were record-breaking uh, turnouts. And whether we win or lose tonight in Michigan, uh, basically the delegates here are going to be split up because of proportional representation. And what tonight means is that the Bernie Sanders campaign, the people's the revolution, people's revolution that we are talking about, the political revolution, that we are talking about is strong in every part of the country. And frankly, we believe that our strongest areas are yet to happen. We're going to do very, very well in the West Coast and other parts of this country. What the American people are saying is they are tired of a corrupt campaign finance system and super PACs funded by Wall Street and the billionaire class. They are tired of a rigged economy in which people in Michigan, people in Illinois, people in Ohio are working longer hours for low wages, worried to death about the future of their kids, and yet almost all new income and wealth is going to the top 1%. And the people of America are tired of a broken criminal justice system in which we have more people in jail, largely African-American, Latino, 
Native American. More people in jail than any other major country on earth. Okay, those, of course, were two of the presidential candidates uh, speaking last night after they uh, had big victories. Uh, Bernie Sanders, the first clip was from Donald Trump, uh, and uh, he won three primaries yesterday in Mississippi, uh, Michigan, and I believe Hawaii. Uh, Ted Cruz won caucuses in Idaho. And, of course, uh, Bernie Sanders uh, one that scored a big upset, and it was an upset uh, in Michigan because most people I've talked to thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win Michigan, and somehow Bernie Sanders managed to come from behind. Uh, so that's a big upset uh, and a blow to the uh, Clinton campaign. Uh, it's interesting, uh, even though uh, Sanders went, won Michigan, uh, Hillary Clinton won Mississippi almost unanimously. I think she got 80% of the vote. And uh, she will get almost all of Mississippi's delegates. She, she got, forty-eight, I think, 47 or 48% of the vote in Michigan, which means she lost, but she'll get almost half the delegates. So actually, Hillary Clinton won more delegates last night uh, than Bernie Sanders uh, did. So uh, anyway, uh, we've got a caller who wants to talk about the presidential race, and our caller uh, is Susie uh, from uh, El Paso. And once uh, Susie uh, has her say, we're going to ask our two panelists, Democratic strategist Marty Dunleavy and our own executive producer, Mark Gamaldi, to comment. Susie? Yes, good afternoon. Um, You know, I was looking at these results from Michigan last night. And it was so close. The, dif- the vote difference was 18,554 votes. The other that did not vote for Bernie or Hillary, the difference was 22,539 votes. Total, Hillary has 760 delegates. That's not including the superdelegates. Bernie has 546 delegates. And they were split in the blue-collar districts. So I think even though the difference was 18,554 votes last night in Michigan, Hillary got some white working-class blue-collar voters. And she also has the Hispanic and the African-American community. And here in El Paso, and I went and voted early. We had our, you know, our primary in Texas. I found this interesting. The voter turnout was lower than in 2008. But on election day, the Democrats went and voted in the primaries for Hillary. She got over 66, uh, 67 um, percent of the, the vote, and El Paso is about 80-something percent um, Hispanic community. So people look at that, and I think that uh, it's amazing how 22,539 people cast their ballots for other. That, that just that's the difference so this was uh, the media can spin it any way but in the blue collar districts and i think in flint michigan i don't think all the precincts are counted and then they still have the mail ballots to count okay so, so who this you... is going to be a very good this is going to be a very close race and then so uh, but if you include the super delegates gets uh, uh hillary has 1221 uh delegates and bernie has 571 yeah uh, Susie, do you have a question for our esteemed panel of specialists? Yes. 
what I don't um, like that's happening, why should Hillary, when she was the first lady of the United States, be blamed for NAFTA? The crime bill, which the crime bill didn't have a didn't have it have a thing in there to protect women from uh, domestic violence, which back then uh, domestic violence um, we know somebody probably that has been murdered um, during uh, domestic violence. So I don't understand why Hillary should be blamed for the Iraqi war, which Butcher Shady uh, started. She's blamed for the crime bill. She's blamed for NAFTA. Everything Bernie is throwing at her, they're bla- he's, he's blaming um, her instead of her husband and the Congress, which he's a member of. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let me answer your question before we go to Marty uh, and Mark. Uh, first of all, I don't think she should be uh, blamed uh, for NAFTA. Um, or uh, the crime bill, um, people failed to notice that she was not president of the United States. Uh, she was the first lady. Her husband was president. So I don't think it's fair to hold Hillary accountable uh, for everything Bill Clinton did when he was a president. Uh, so I, I think uh, that what was the first point you made about uh, Hillary, Susie. Um, that, that I don't. Uh, what did I? Oh yeah. But, uh, that she is getting, um, she has the base, and she's doing. She did pretty good last night with the blue collar working class because they split it. And some precincts, she uh, barely beat um, Bernie. So the, but I find it fascinating that the the um, the difference she she lost by eighteen thousand um, five hundred and fifty four votes, and there was the other. Uh, the difference in the people that voted um, for other was 22,539, or almost 2%. Okay. Uh, well, let's go to your question. Let's bring the panel in here. And the first uh, question I'll pose to the panel, uh, which is Susie's question, is uh, why does, it, does Hillary get blamed uh, for things that her husband did, Bill Clinton, when he was president? And if she does, is that fair? Uh, first is our Democratic strategist, Marty Dunleavy, who is the uh, veteran of many presidential campaigns himself. Uh, Marty, what do you think about this? Do you think it's fair to uh, blame uh, NAFTA, Hillary Clinton, for NAFTA and the crime bill? Well, I do, and I'll tell you why. First, let me say I was a superdelegate to five conventions, and um, I was a strong supporter of President Clinton in his first and his re-election, his first election and his re-election. Um, it is fair to blame her for one reason and one reason only, because she actively went out and campaigned to pass the bill. Now, you could say, oh, she was only doing her husband's bidding and she was first lady and she was being a good first lady. Guess what? If she's out there in the public eye as an opinion leader trying to persuade people to be supportive of a piece of legislation that her husband is proposing, then she gets to take some of the um, blame for the passage of what has proven to be one of the most disastrous trade deals our country has ever had. So Mark, do you want, okay. Mark, do you want to weigh in on this one? 
you know, I think Marty makes a fair point that is not brought up a lot. I do think that the other thing is, you know, when when in the past Hillary has brought up the strength of the economy under the Clinton administration, um, you know, I think a lot more in 2008 I saw it than now, to be fair to Hillary. But um, I think Marty makes a strong point about that. Uh, uh, regarding the Iraq war vote, I think simply because her opponent, Bernie Sanders, was given the same information she was, yet made the right call not to vote for the Iraq war, I think it's fair then for him to turn it back around on her. I think if he was not responsible for a vote, then it would be easy to say, oh, you know, you voted wrong. Yet he was given the same you know, information and still ended up making what was the right call. So I think, you know, even if maybe you want to argue a little bit about, you know, the crime bill, for instance, and maybe even NAFTA, despite I think what are some strong points by Marty, um, I think the Iraq vote really... You, you got to lay it squarely on her. I mean, she had the same information, and that's how she voted. Uh, yeah, I think she clear. Like, you're right. There is a clear and fundamental difference between Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton on on voting for the resolution uh, to invade Iraq. Uh, Hillary Clinton voted for the resolution. Bernie Sanders voted against it. So there's a clear cut difference. Uh, Susie, uh, thanks very much call, for calling. Uh, do call, call again. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we're going to break now, but when we get back, uh, we're going to turn to our roundtable uh, with uh, Democratic strategist Marty Dunleavy and also executive producer of this wonderful show, Mark Grimaldi. And if you want to join the discussion, give us a call at 888-6-LESLIE. But we'll be back with more of the Leslie Marshall Show after these messages. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show, 888-6-LESLIE. focused on the issues. And I'm proud of the campaign that Senator Sanders and I are running. We have our differences, which you can see when we debate, but I'll tell you what, those differences pale in comparison to what's happening on the Republican side. Every time you think it can't get any uglier, they find a way. And as the rhetoric keeps sinking lower, the stakes in this election keep rising higher. Now, running for president shouldn't be about delivering insults. It should be about delivering results for the American people. That's what I'm doing in this campaign, and that's what I will do all the way through it, because I want to talk about what working families are up against across the country. I want to talk about how we have a new bargain so you can get ahead and stay ahead. In every, in every industrial city, small town, farm country, Indian country, every community, that's been hollowed out by lost jobs and lost hopes. 
Don't let anybody tell you we can't make it in America anymore. We can, we are, and we will. Okay, that, of course, was uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, I want to uh, commend uh, Secretary Clinton and also Senator Sanders. Uh, So far, they've uh, got all through this campaign without referring to any of their uh, private parts, Uh, and I'm very happy about that. Uh, Speaking of private parts, I wanted to say something about the Trump clip we played at the top of the hour. Uh, Mr. Trump said that the poll showed uh, he was easily uh, beating Hillary Clinton. Well, that, I hate, I don't want to say call names, but that's not true. Uh, today, NBC News and the Wall Street Journal released a national survey showing uh, Clinton beating Trump by 13 points and Senator Sanders beating uh, Trump by 18 points. So sorry about that, Don. Uh, you got that one wrong. Uh, we've got some callers on the line. Uh, and uh, again, uh, we're going to have our panel respond to our first caller, which is Jake from Orlando. Uh, we have Mark Grimaldi, who is executive producer on the roundtable, and also Democratic strategist Marty Dunleavy. But first, we'll go to Jake from Orlando, Florida, on line five. Hi, how you doing, buddy? Uh, Hi, Jake. I just wanted to make. Uh, how are you, buddy? You doing okay? Yeah, you're fine. Go ahead. Good, good, good. Yeah, the point I wanted to make was about uh, the debate. Uh, well, actually, about yesterday's results and the debate. During the debate, uh, Hillary wanted to point it out that Bernie uh, was against the bailout, and Bernie still, okay, still did better than she did in Michigan. She won. I mean, he won. He won Michigan. The polls, and well, excuse me, he won Michigan, and Donald Trump won Michigan by a pretty good margin. I think it was 37.5, and then it was Ted Cruz and then John Kasich. Anyway, real clear politics. Okay, shows Donald Trump losing by, I think it's three points right now. I think Hillary should be a little bit worried if she couldn't totally put Bernie Sanders out of Michigan and is now facing Donald when there's four candidates on the Republican side and not two like the Democrats. And he still won with 37 percent. Well, uh, you're right. If I was uh, Hillary Clinton, I would be very concerned about losing Michigan last night. Uh, It's a big state. Uh, It's a big industrial state with lots of voters, lots of delegates. And again, most everybody I talked to thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win Michigan. So it was a big upset. Jake, we're going to put you on hold because we have to go to break now. Uh, But we get back. We'll be back uh, with more of the Leslie Marshall Show with Jake from Orlando, uh, Mark Grimaldi and Democratic strategist Martin Dunleavy. We'll be be back with more of the Leslie Marshall Show right after these messages. I've seen the young people in Flint, Michigan, working to help and heal their community. I've met entrepreneurs across this country and city after city who are starting small businesses. And I've met mothers who've lost their children to gun violence. They're turning their mourning into a movement. All of them are living out what the scripture tells us. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. If we reach for love and kindness, 
instead of bluster and bigotry? We could see the best in each other, not the worst. If we lift each other up instead of tearing each other down, there's nothing we can't do together. So I am grateful to all of you. If you work for me and if you vote for me, I will work my heart out for you. I will work every single day to make a difference in your lives, to knock down the barriers that stand in your way, to make sure that every child has a chance to live up to his or her God-given potential, and that America, we live up to ours, and our best days will still be ahead of us. Thank you all, and God bless you. Okay, that, of course, was Hillary Clinton, Democratic uh, candidate for president, one of the two Democratic candidates for president. Uh, we have a caller on the line, Jake from Orlando, and Jake wants our panel to answer this question. Uh, should Hillary Clinton be concerned uh, about losing, uh, being upset in Michigan yesterday? Now, before I go to Marty, I want to read some numbers here. Uh, to win the Democratic presidential nomination, uh, you need the votes of 2,382 delegates at the Democratic Convention in Philadelphia in July. Right now... Uh, the pledged delegates from the primaries, uh, and this is including last night's hall, Delegate Hall. Uh, Hillary Clinton has 760 delegates. Uh, Bernie Sanders has 546 delegates. Now, in addition to those pledged delegates, uh, Hillary Clinton has been endorsed by 461 superdelegates, uh, compared to only 25 for Bernie Sanders. So right now, according to the Associated Press, Hillary has 1,221 delegates, which is half the total she needs to win the nomination. And Bernie Sanders has 571. So, Marty, let me ask you two questions. Uh, first, uh, explain to our audience what a superdelegate is. A superdelegate is a party leader who is a delegate unpledged and unbound on any ballot who is a delegate by virtue of the fact that they hold office. Congressmen, senators, governors, members of the Democratic National Committee. So they may commit to someone, but they're not bound to that commitment. They can change their mind at any time. Okay. Okay, second question. Uh, you know, at least uh, if you count the superdelegates you just described, Hillary has uh, 1,200 and change, and uh, uh, Bernie Sanders has a little less than 600. Uh, Hillary already has half the delegates, actually more than half the delegates she needs to win the nomination. Uh, so can Bernie Sanders come back from that big, big deficit to uh, take this thing away? Well, I would say the first thing you've got to know is superdelegates have never decided in an election. They have never decided to nominate. Um, in the, the, there have been times when superdelegates may commit early, but because they're not bound, an awful lot of superdelegates, uh, if someone starts winning big and piling up the numbers, the superdelegates will uh, change their minds. And many superdelegates will never declare who they're for until they get to the convention. Uh, Mark? Um, okay, go ahead, Marty. 
So okay. the answer is, if Bernie, if Bernie Sanders goes in and wins states like New York and Ohio and Pennsylvania and New Jersey and California, these very, very delegate, delegate rich states, and it becomes apparent that Secretary Clinton is really only a candidate of the Deep South, then, yeah, he's got a good shot of winning. Okay. Uh, Mark, you want to weigh in on Jake's question? Should, uh, despite her delegate lead, should Hillary Clinton uh, be concerned that Bernie Sanders uh, can overtake her? You know, I, I think last night could have spelled what seemingly would have been the end of Bernie Sanders having a realistic chance of winning uh, the Democratic nomination. But the funny part is, you know, he didn't win by that much, but still it's the perception, I think, for a lot of people. But it's also the fact of what the projection was. I mean, I read that this was the biggest upset as far as going by polls um, in a Democratic primary since uh, I think it was Gary Hart beating Walter Mondale in 1984. I mean, so that just goes to show you that um, he really did some heavy lifting last night, um, and he definitely has you know some appeal. Now, the the issue for Sanders obviously is with minority voters, and that Hillary Clinton has such a large advantage um, in that voting block. But one thing I want to bring up, which I think is important looking to the general election, which is something that our caller Jake brought up. Um, I think that if you're talking about, you know, who who would uh, unite better as a party, obviously, I think, you know, even Republicans would admit, or at least realistic ones, that right now the Democratic Party would have a much better chance of uniting behind their candidate uh, in a very substantial way as opposed to the Republicans, um, you know, behind Donald Trump. You already have um, a a pretty sizable amount, you know, not huge, not by any means a majority, but not just a couple people here and there who have said they will not vote for Donald Trump. Now, many of them haven't said they would vote for Hillary Clinton either, but if they stay home or, you know, vote for an outsider candidate, that may be enough in a close election to make a difference. Um, The other thing I think that you might want to consider if you're a Democrat trying to figure out who has a better chance uh, of beating Donald Trump, whether it would be Hillary Clinton or Bernie Sanders, is if you're looking at the voters that Bernie Sanders is winning, um, you know, you hear some people on, you know, who support Sanders saying, oh, well, he's winning the states that matter in a general election. You know, not really talking about, okay, yes, obviously all the delegates count in the primary, but looking towards the general election, if you look at, sta- at battleground states like Michigan, for instance, versus a state like Arkansas where, you know, the Democrats don't stand a fighting chance, you know, is that important? The other thing is you're going to see, I think, a lot of the minority voters who are voting for Hillary Clinton, if Bernie Sanders was the nominee, there's no way in hell they're ever going to support Donald Trump um, with the rhetoric that he's using. The question then becomes, if Hillary is the nominee, are the people who have been voting for Bernie Sanders, some of these quote-unquote white working-class voters, going to then support Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, and that's something I'd like to ask actually both you and Marty, uh, starting with Marty, actually. What do you think about that, Marty? Well, let me just say two things. I, I absolutely believe that the Republican Party, if they nominate someone other than Donald Trump, will unify their party pretty quickly, and the Donald Trump voters will have no place to go except to the Republican nominee against Hillary Clinton. Because she's a polarizing factor for all Republican voters. Even if it was a brokered convention? Even if it was a brokered convention. Really? Okay, interesting. Yeah, I I really do. But 
Um, I also believe that what Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders represent is the right wing and the left wing of a populist uprising in this country. Yeah. I wouldn't go, you know, there's, a, there's just this bent-up frustration at people who are working class and middle class who have gotten the heck kicked out of them because of trade de- deals, because of insider trading, because of Wall Street, and they're angry. And they've played by the rules all their lives, and they're not better off than their parents were, and they know their kids are not going to be better off than they are because they're straddled with either student debt or they're getting a substandard education because the money's not going into education or their kids are you know coming home from an unwanted war banged up and psychologically and physically in bad shape okay and they're speaking out okay uh jake uh thanks very much for calling in and uh, provoking the discussion uh but we've got to move on because we have at least three callers on the line that we need to get to our next caller on line four is our good friend from georgia reggie how you doing brad happy hump day wednesday to you and mark Le- and mark Le- yourself uh and to you reggie uh what do you want to ask uh the panel yeah i would just like to ask the panel what will, what does it take or what will it take to stop uh donald trump before any of his supporters wind up killing any protesters, any innocent bystanding, protesting, law-abiding citizens at, his, at any one of his future rallies. I've heard today that one of his staffers, one of Donald J. Trump's staffers, assaulted a female reporter, you know, grabbed her arm and threw her on the ground, which is assault, right? That's wrong and illegal, right? It'll be like if radio and TV talk show got on television, uh, got on radio and TV and started inciting riots, threats, and violence, which is also wrong and illegal, right? let alone the lawsuits that they'll get. Okay. Okay. Uh, Marty, uh, do you want to quickly respond to that before we go on next caller? Yeah, very quickly. I think Donald Trump is a fascist, and I don't think there's any way to stop him. It's going to happen. It's a, somebody's going to get hurt because of him. And if America doesn't wake up, that's what we're headed for. Okay. Uh, we've got two more callers on the line, so I want to thank Reggie. It's always a pleasure to hear from him. Uh, let's go to our next caller, uh, and that would be uh, Michael, our good friend Michael from the Big Apple. Uh, Michael, how are you doing? Hello, Brad. Hello, Mark. And hello, I'm sorry, I forgot the other guest. Marty. 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 Okay. So uh, do you have a question for the panel? Uh, I have a question and a clarity. Number one, don't you, well, don't you think it's kind of unfair to blame Hillary Clinton for the Iraq War only because, if you really recall, Hillary Clinton cast her vote what was supposed to have been, <coughs> excuse me, an authorization to investigate whether there were weapons of mass destruction. There was never, ever any authorization to go to war. She was duped like the rest of the people in Congress were duped, and any Democrat that cast their vote for authorization for WMDs. There was no foretold knowledge. Okay, uh, okay l- let, me respond to, let me respond to that, and then we'll go to Mark. Uh, I, I disagree with you on uh, Mark. Uh, you say Hillary was duped. Uh, it's not good uh, when a potential president gets duped by anybody. Uh, and I think she should have seen the handwriting on the wall 
that it was pretty much an open-ended invitation uh, to, for George W. Bush to do what he thought was necessary. And the reality is they gave him such broad authority, uh, I think most people knew he was going to use it to evade uh, Iraq, and I think Hillary Clinton should have known that. Mark? You know, I think this is an example of when you need extraordinary people to be holding public office, not, as Marty so aptly pointed out, fascists. Um, I think that, obviously, Hillary Clinton regrets the choice, but you can't go back in time. And this is a, a case where, honestly, I really do like both of our candidates. I'm not just saying that because it's politically expedient while we're on air, while we are listening, being listened to by supporters of both candidates. But I think they both have strong suits. I will say that for all the experience that I think Hillary Clinton has had of Secretary of State, and I think she would use it wisely in office, I do get concerned um, sometimes when she sounds a bit a bit hawkish with foreign policy, whereas Bernie Sanders, as he said multiple times in debates, uh, he says, it gives me no pleasure to say this, but go on my website and look at the speech I made before the first uh, Gulf War in Iraq, uh, what I said. And he's right. If you look at the clip, it's eerily similar. You know, decade after decade, he's been warning about certain, you know, uh, foreign uh, expeditions that our country's been going off to and these regime changes. And sure enough, like he says, it gives him no pleasure, but he was right. So I have to give the man credit where credit is due. I mean, the facts simply show that, that he was right on this vote and she was wrong. And that is when you need a leader to make the right decisions, as as Brad has pointed out. Now, I do think that obviously she was not given the whole picture. Um, I do think that maybe, you know, if you're looking at the entire issue, then yes, it's not as if she was given all the facts that, for instance, George Bush knew, and she did the same thing. Um, that said, Bernie still had the same information and made the right call. Uh, you know, my opinion, Michael, is that uh, the invasion of Iraq was the biggest single mistake uh, in American foreign policy since Vietnam. And I think Hillary Clinton and John Kerry voted for the resolution for the same reason. Uh, they said, I'm going to run for president someday, and I can't look like I'm soft uh, on uh, Saddam Hussein. So they decided to uh, they decided to vote for it. And my guess is they both knew it was pretty much a bad idea. Michael, you got a minute. Michael? Okay, I think we've lost Michael. Hey, can you hear me? Michael? Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. The next thing is um, a, call, a caller earlier was pointing out what can be done to stop Donald Trump and his fascist rhetoric that's quite pretty much provoking violence and endangering lives. Let me remind everyone of a case story, Arizona versus Shauna Ford. Now, Shauna Ford was a Republican. Well, she is still a Republican, but guess what? She is doing time for doing the same thing and provoking violence that resulted in the gun killing of legal immigrants. <clears throat> and the prosecutor successfully argued that she may not have posed, she may not have been holding the gun, but her rhetoric pulls the trigger. So shouldn't that be applied to somebody like Donald Trump, even if you want to go as far back as Sarah Palin with the Quartet um, Targets maps and how that led to the near assassination of Gabby Giffords? Okay. Uh, well, uh, Michael, uh, that's a very good point. Um, I personally think uh, Donald Trump would be dangerous if elected president. Uh, 
uh, and I'm hoping America comes to their senses uh, and doesn't vote him. And again, I talked about the new NBC Wall Street Journal national survey. And I think Americans know what's going on uh, because uh, Hillary Clinton is leading Donald Trump by 13 points. And Bernie Sanders is uh, leading Donald Trump by 18 points. So right now, uh, it doesn't look really good for the Donald. uh, And I can't say I'm displeased either. Michael, final comment. We have just a few seconds left. Well, the only thing I can tell you and add to what you were saying is if people look at a electoral college map projection that's floating around the Internet and Facebook, they're projecting it will be Clinton versus Trump, and they're projecting Clinton to win by a landslide. Okay, uh, Michael, Michael, we're out of time. Uh, thanks very much for calling, uh, and I'm sure we'll speak to you soon. Uh, we're going to break now. This is the Leslie Marshall Show. I'm not Leslie Marshall. I'm Brad Bannon, pinch hitting for Leslie. Our two panelists are Mark Grimaldi, our own executive producer, and Democratic strategist Marty Dunleavy. And after we get back from these messages, uh, we will have more uh, of the Leslie Marshall Show. And we do have a caller online, Dean from Buffalo. Dean, you're up next. Anyway, we will be back after these messages. This is Brad Bannon. Uh, this is I'm pinch hitting for Leslie tonight on the Nash, on the uh, Leslie Marshall show. Uh, we have two guests on our panel: our own Mark Grimaldi and Democratic strategist Marty Dunleavy. But most importantly, uh, we have uh, one of the good friends of the show, Dean, on from Buffalo, on line two. Uh, Dean, you have we have we're stretched we're crunched for time here. You have a qu- quick comment, please. Okay, you guys are doing a great job. I don't think the idea of a brokered convention is fair. I'm not a Donald Trump supporter, but I I feel that a brokered convention isn't fair because the person who wins the most delegates should automatically be that party's nominee. Okay, Uh, thank you very much for that, Dean. Uh, Marty, why don't you respond to Dean? Very quickly, listen... The race to win the presidency is based on winning a majority of electoral votes. The way way to win the nomination for the two parties is to get the majority of votes, not the plurality, the majority. When you go into a convention and no one has a majority, those delegates are now free to cut whatever deals and work whatever they think is in the best interest of their party. That's what, when people are talking about a broker convention, that is in essence what they're talking about. So understand, we live in a country where we believe for most of our elections, particularly our national elections, that majority rules. Marty, uh, thanks very much, but sadly, uh, we're out of time. Uh, I want to thank all our callers uh, this afternoon, uh, especially Dean, who uh, we just spoke to. Uh, and our panel, uh, Democratic strategist Marty Dunleavy, and our own executive producer, Mark Grimaldi. 
Uh, I hope you enjoyed the discussion, which is basically two hours talking about the presidential race. But we got a lot of callers in this hour, so I guess you must have been interested. Anyway, this is Brad Bannon signing off. Uh, Wesley will be back. <laughs> <laughs>